Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Hold your Bibles up if you have one. If not, don't worry about it. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, uh, I'm glad that you're here, and uh, today is one of those days that a pastor looks and goes, this probably won't be my most popular message, but it could be the most powerful. Uh, How many of you know that we are strengthened through resistance, that in our lives, when we we get stronger physically, uh, it takes resistance, you're tearing muscles, and uh, protein is rebuilding those muscles, and you're constantly building up. And in a world that is so desperate for convenience and being served and waiting on me. I mean, come on, we got DoorDash, we got Uber Eats. You don't have to cook anymore. You don't have to go pick it up. It comes to your front door. And so everything in our society has become simple, easy, convenient. And as a result of that, there's been a subtle attack on our sacrifice, on our own giving, on our own serving. Because when we've got everybody else waiting on us and serving us, somehow what we're supposed to do or what we do gets lost in what somebody else is doing for us and getting paid for, and that's not a bad thing, but the reality is that in our lives, we need to be doing something for others that cannot be paid for. We need to do for others without expecting others to give back in return. Now, God will always bring it back to you, but maybe not through the people that you're serving. So the, the, the fact is that unless we're being challenged or facing some kind of resistance, there's a really good chance that we're not growing. And when I talk about growing, growing spiritually, growing emotionally, maybe developing more mentally when we hear things uh, from people that we're around or people that we're serving, we're learning what caused their pain and what they're doing about their pain or what their needs are. And all those things are not necessarily pleasant, but they're necessary. And so the church over the years, has become so well-polished and well-done, and I'm thankful for that. But we went from learning how to fight and, and, and battle to learning how to be served and just conveniently cared for. The church has become a cruise ship instead of a battleship. And, and, and on a cruise ship, you pay for everybody just to serve you, and you way overeat. Have you ever been on a cruise ship? They have those, like, Ice cream, soft ice cream machines that are demonic. Because all you got to do, you can just, you just crank those and you're just the whole cruise, you know. And you, you're, not, you're not feeling any resistance. You're not getting healthy. Matter of fact, you have to come home and detox for a month. But if you go aboard a battleship, you don't see lounge chairs and soft serve ice cream machines. And everybody on the battleship 
has an assignment. Thousands of men and women have assignments on that ship to keep the ship going, to keep it in service, to protect our freedoms, our liberties. There's a constant intensity to realize we are in a battle. We're in a fight, and if we're not, it's potential that we will be. It's similar in the church world. We are in a battle. It's invisible. You can't see it. But, but in heavenly realms, there is a, a battle going on for your soul, your eternity, your destiny, your purpose. And in a world that doesn't think too much about that, because everything is so convenient, the very reason that we are here on earth has been forgotten. We're here to go into all the world, make disciples. That's what we're called to do. And we're living at a time where, like no other time in history, in my opinion, uh, I was reading an article this morning about the quality of water in Collier County, Florida. Now, it's one of the wealthiest per capita cities. Naples, Florida is one of the most wealthy cities in America. It's been voted the number one beach city like nine out of ten years per capita. Very popular. And they're questioning, is the water good there? Is it pure there? And, and, and so th- th- these questions going on, uh, you know, that you're just kind of going, why, why are we having this discussion? And, and we're so concerned about water. I don't know how many of us grew up. I was drinking out of a dirty garden hose. The reason my generation is so healthy is we just consumed all the bacteria and stuff a little at a time. And, and so now we're talking about the cleanliness of water coming out of a faucet. Man, we drank from garden hose that had been in horse troughs. Be filling a horse trough off, take it out of the horse trough and, and drink the water. And it tasted so good. But you see the change of the transition in, in where we are today and where we've been. Everybody did something back in the day, and now we're trying to figure out how to do nothing. And let me say this to you. The greatest demonic attack on Christianity and faith is not to get us to not believe there is a God, because most of you that are here or watching either are entertaining the possibility of there being a God or you know there is a God. The greatest attack on us is to keep us from fulfilling the purpose for which we were born. And so this is not going to be one of those messages that you walk out and talk about. It'll be a message you walk out and talk about me. But it's okay. My give a care is kind of broken. And I know what some of you are thinking. What could I replace with the word care? Anyway, so what happens in our lives is we, we, we live our lives to, to, to try to find an easy way to live. Instead of saying, God, give me more faith. There was a time I was, I was doing a conference in central India, and uh, I felt very compelled because it was a very tough place because they have thousands of gods, and they're okay with including our God, but you, you don't want to use Jesus. So I was preaching through an interpreter, and it was a massive crowd of people in India, and, 
And I, I, he, he, he was a follower of Christ, obviously, and he told me, he said, go ahead and do an invitation for salvation, which is unacceptable in most any Indian conference. You can talk about Jesus a little bit, and you can talk about God, and they're okay with that, but to isolate all the gods down to one God that can save you, they're not okay with that. So I went ahead and followed his lead. And I, and numerous people, I don't know how many people gave their life to Jesus. Well, I went home that night, or not home, I went back to my hotel, and I felt like the Lord said, you need to leave. <laughs> how many of you know when you get that unction, you better function? And so I, I called the leader of the conference, and I said, I really feel like I need to fly out of here. So they flew me from New Delhi down to Mumbai, and on the way home, uh, back to the States, uh, I was in the air, I was forever. Uh, but anyway, they, they had started to rock the conference the next night. They were stoning the leaders. But on the way home, it wasn't much better. I was on a British Airways flight, and I mean, it was rocking. I mean, the plane was just all over the popping up and down. And, and you know, my prayer was to God was several things. I, I wanted to use Scripture, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, but I was in either heaven or earth. I was in between. Wasn't sure that scripture would apply. And so, at any rate, long story short, I did all the scriptures I knew to do. And finally, I hear this voice in me, quit asking me to steal the turbulence and ask me to increase your faith. Oftentimes, we're asking God to remove the very things from our lives that help build the faith in our lives. And so, if you've never been through anything, you're probably not a very strong individual. If you've never had criticism or resistance of any type, you don't grow in your soul. You know, you have growth platelets physically that limit your growth. That's the reason some people are short, some people are tall. But, but in our soul, there is no limit to how, how much you can grow, how much you can mature. So the devil's really not after your body because you're going to stop growing someday physically, but you're never going to stop growing in your soul. And so the Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So when you hear the Word of God, how many of you know that even the Word of God produces resistance? When God says, you, you, you know, you're mad at somebody, you've been mad at them for a long time, and you read a scripture, forgive, and you'll be forgiven. I'm not in the mood to forgive right now, God. But that creates a resistance that challenges us to get bigger than that which we are holding on to. So we need to understand that the world does not revolve around us. It's supposed to revolve around Jesus and the purposes of Jesus. Now, in John chapter 4, verse 34, it says, Then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me. My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me. Well, if Jesus found his spiritual or soul nourishment through doing the will of God, how many of you know that's when we get nourished? You can eat all the right foods you want to eat physically, and your body might be nourished, but let me say this to you, your body's going to die someday. No matter how nourished it is, I don't know how some people live so long. You know, George Burns smoked cigars his whole life. And, you know, he's in his 90s, and he was just such a gentleman-type guy, and you think, certainly he's going to die. We don't know who's going to die when. There have been some of the healthiest people on earth die early. You say, well, they were so fit. They were in the gym. We can't control that. But let me tell you what I can control and what you can control, what's going on in your soul. 
And whenever we listen to wrong words and thoughts and ideas, our soul becomes toxic. We get bitter, not better. And so one of the things that, that needs to happen in our lives is we need to find things that make us sacrifice, be inconvenienced. Nobody likes to be inconvenienced. I, I'm one of the worst in the world when it comes to traffic. I would rather go five miles out of the way than sit in traffic. Traffic, driving is, is my resistance that makes me better. Because most of the time, I just want to honk and not if I love Jesus. <laughs> I want to honk because I don't like how you drive. <laughs> and so what we have to realize is that in a world that is in every way trying to make our lives easier, and, and I like, don't get me wrong, I love indoor plumbing. People who like to camp in tents, I do not understand. I mean, come on, God gave us ceramic. <laughs> and it's so much better having Charmin than an oak leaf. And young people have no idea what I'm talking about. What does that mean? So our world is all about trying to make things so much easier for us. And I'm not against it, but the reality is we have to realize we get better when we're challenged. And the challenge in the local church has been that pastors rarely challenge people anymore. We, what do they want to hear? What's going to make them come back? Look, I'm done with that. Some of you may never come back after today's message. But I promise you, you're going to grow because of this message. You're going to go away. You'll be mad at me. Tell the other pastor wherever you're at. Just pitch up. I'm all about making us better. And that's just not easy. When I witness to people, they say, well, what, you know, what, what church do you pastor? I say mosaic. And some of them, they like, look at me like, what, what does that mean? And then others go, oh, that mosaic art. And, I, and the reason I named it this was in the two years I was off trying to regain my balance spiritually, I said, if I ever do another church, I'll, I'll call it mosaic because mosaic is a bunch of broken pieces of glass and marble and things put together to make this beautiful portrait. And that's what God is doing here. He's got a bunch of broken people like us coming together to make a beautiful picture of his redemption. And if for one minute you don't think you're broken, you're not going to like it here. We, we are like, I mean, I've never, I've pastored for so many years, and I've never had as many people ask me if it's okay to open a weed dispensary as I have here. Yeah, some of you said, I'm one of them. You know, that's what you're saying. No, I have people come up, whispering, Pastor, what do you think? I think you've got to follow Jesus, man. I'm not Jesus, all right? So anyway, this will stir some conversation, I'm sure. But see, we, we don't talk about things like that in church. We don't, we don't talk about weed, sex, all that. We don't talk about that in church because we've got to all gloss it over, and yet everybody <laughs> 
Gen X, Gen Z, millennials will have nothing to do with a church that acts like it's pious and all put together. And folks, let me tell you, you're in a great place because we are so far from put together, we're still looking for the other box with the pieces in it. And I'm okay with that because, you know, there's nobody, there are people, all of us have friends who think they're perfect, right? They look perfect, they dress perfect, they smell perfect. And they're perfectly annoying. (laughs) We've got to rethink. So what's our purpose in life? You know, if you look at Jesus, he said, I didn't come to be served but to serve. And the greatest among you will be the servant of all. It's so inconvenient sometimes to, to do things for people that you know you're supposed to do things for, but you don't do it because it just doesn't, it doesn't resonate. It's not convenient. And then the greatest and the dumbest question of all in this world is, what's in it for me? Jesus never asked the question, what's in it for me? He simply looked at a lost world and said, you know what? There's not one thing that's going to be in this for me except them being restored to a relationship with God. That's how come the religious of his day did not like him. And I pray that the religious of my day doesn't like me because I don't want to be religious. I'm tired and done with religion. Everybody dressing up, looking up, everything's right. The reality is you're here because you're jacked up from the neck up just like everybody else, but you had the courage to admit it. And if that irritated you, you're really jacked up. I used to try to put on this image, and, you know, everybody, it's, it's like you think some people get out of bed like Cinderella, the birds are. <laughs> they ain't no more Cinderella. She dead. She's hanging out with Walt, her creator. <laughs> and some of you don't even know Disney. Okay, so. Next Sunday after this worship experience, we're having a recognition recruitment uh, lunch for all of you that have served and all of you that want to serve. So I'm not going to veil this message and act like at the end, you go, oh, now I get what he's talking about. Here's the reality. The pandemic did more to us than anything in the history of America, in my opinion. We are set back a decade And I'm going to be very vocal that I think the dumbest thing that ever happened by our leaders was to shut down a country. It must never happen again. It can never happen again. And if you drink that Kool-Aid, you're drinking from the wrong spout. And if you disagree and you don't like me, that's fine. I'm just airing my opinion. And I think my opinion is better than yours if you disagree. Christians got lazy. Well, I can stay home and God still loves me. Duh, I told you that a long time ago. But you're never going to be who you need to be, staying at home in your little house, having Uber Eats and DoorDash delivered to you, and not helping anybody else but yourself. We're never going to be who God wants us to be if the only people we're helping is us. I was living on an island in 2015. Oklahoma City was not on anybody's bucket list. Trust me, I asked them. 
Man, before I die, I got to drop into Oklahoma City. Yeah, that's what it's all. I keep, tell us all about it. Really? And God says, go back and pastor a church. I was like, oh, my God, I've always wanted this. Where hurricanes and tornadoes and everything come sweeping down the plains. You can call them what you want. It's high wind. You can name them whatever you want, but when it's blowing things down, it's all the same, Jack. But here I am. Why? Because I love you. I love the people of this city. And that's more important to me sometimes. Everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and your verb agree to serve. You don't have to know about Plato or Aristotle to serve. You don't have to know Einstein's theory of relativity to serve. You don't have to know the second law of thermodynamics and physics to serve. You only need a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love. Now, here's the thing that always amazes me as a pastor. People go, I, I talk to people all the time. I'm always just kind of witnessing, not in a really weird, like, here's a track kind of way. It just always comes up in conversation. When people ask, what do you do for a living? I always look and go, how do I want to answer this? I'm a behavior modification therapist. Because when I use the word pastor, that's like the P-bomb. Y'all slow today. <laughs> so here, here's the number one slide. Well, I, I've been hurt by the church. I've been hurt by Costco, Sam's, Walmart, <laughs> Chili's, Kentucky Fried Chicken, Red Lobster, Homeland, Publix. I've been hurt by all of them. Dear God, I'm never going to go shop there again. You hurt me. Then starve to death because all the grocery stores are going to hurt you one way or the other. Funny to me how we go back to all the other places that hurt us except church. I just take it back to, listen, okay, here, here it is. Okay, See, how many of you remember Noah's Ark? I don't want to assume that everybody remembers Noah's Ark. Everybody remembers that, right? The rainbow, all that action going on back then. The ark represented this place of refuge, this place to preserve eight human beings that God said, you know what, build it, I'm going to save your family, then we're going to get off, everything's going to be all right. But think about this just for a moment. We have sons and daughters-in-law, and we have a wife on this ship, this ark. And women... You smell, your, your sense of smell is better than men. You, matter of fact, you do a lot of things better than men. Can you, <laughs> women are going, bring it. You're not quite there yet, but you're done good, moving in the right direction. My husband's a little slow. I need five more minutes of this stuff right now. But can you imagine just for a moment that, Two of the daughters-in-law get in a fight. They're arguing. <laughs> Girl fight. Cat. <laughs> they come to the mother-in-law. Your son's an idiot. There's turmoil on the ark. Can you imagine just for a moment walking in the bottom of the ark 
and there's a hippo. Now imagine what hippos do after they eat a meal. And then there's a rhino and there's an elephant. We're not talking about hummingbirds here. We're talking about big animals that can produce. And all of a sudden, finally, after about 10, 20, 30 days, everything's great. We're glad. Oh, we're well. We're, we're, we're preserved. It's, it's raining outside. It's flooding. And everybody's happy for about 10 days. And then the animals have to do what animals do. And Noah's going, I just did what God told me to do. It stinks in here. Well, if I was Noah, I'm just going to, have you ever wanted to be a Bible carrier? If I was Noah, I wouldn't have an argument. I'd say, hey, follow me. I'd go up the top of the ark. I believe the window that was at the top was about 18 inches wide. Look out the window. How long can you tread water? Now, all of a sudden, dung smells like this beautiful fragrance of perfume. Chanel number whatever, too. You see, sometimes all you need is a, a little contrast to make you appreciate what you have. Yeah, the church stinks every now and then. Every now and then, we just, we just stink. But let me say this. This is the best ark we have in 2021. There's not a better ark than the local church. Yeah, it stinks. Yeah, we have rhinos. Yeah, we have hippos. Don't get offended like I'm talking about your weight. But there are people who stir up stink all the time. It is what it is. But you don't quit going to Walmart or Costco or Sam's because somebody cut you off and got in a line ahead of you pulled in a parking spot you were going to park in. You don't go to the management of Walmart and go, I was getting ready to pull into a spot right by the door and somebody wheeled in ahead of me. Would you go take care of them, please? They're going to look at you like I'm looking at you. Seriously? Get over it. We don't live in a get over it society. We live in a very sensitive society. We wear our feelings right here. Man, where I grew up, you couldn't keep those feelings on your shoulder for a day because somebody was going to knock it off of you. But today, we've got to be sensitive. That's what's killing us. The truth will always hurt before it heals. And the truth is what sets you free, and it sets you free because you're sitting here like a baby going, I, I, I don't want to be hurt. One of the best things that will happen to you is when somebody pulls out in front of you. On a bad day, I'm honking. I just admit it. On a bad day, it's honk, honk, and not if I love Jesus. That's for sure. But on a good day, I look and go, come right on in, buffoon. I'm, okay, minus the buffoon. All right. So here's the dictionary of, of church. 
attenders. Don't get mad at me. Well, it's okay if you do. That might provide strength for you. You might grow if you get mad at me. That's a good thing. But just don't talk about me. Yeah, I'm not worth it, really. You got better things to talk about than me. Talk about your mother-in-law. Anyway, so... Now the mother-in-laws are all mad at me. God bless you. Grow. Grow. Pillars. These are people who worship regularly, serve consistently, and they give time and money. They're pillars of the local church. And let me tell you how many pillars are in the average local church percentage-wise. 5% or less. When I founded my first church, we had thousands of people. And, and the, one of the, I don't remember how many years in, but we had a volunteer banquet for all the people that had served. I had to rent the Cowboy Hall of Fame because we had 1,700 volunteers. I don't think the church grew because I preached great. I was looking for some kind of, oh, it was, yes, you did. I think it grew not because of the worship being awesome, though it was. It grew because we had a group of people that decided that we would rather be on a battleship than a cruise ship. That we saw a community that desperately needed what we had, which was love, grace, and mercy. And that everybody has value. I don't care what you think about the guy standing on the corner holding a sign. You don't know his story or her story. So you know what? Before you judge him and criticize him, why don't you ask God if you want, he wants you to do anything. You may never give a dime to them, but you need to give a, about them. Didn't go there. Close. Probably should have because it would awaken us all that the reality is everybody has value. It's not our job to stop somebody and ask them if they're worthy of our help. It's our job to ask God if he wants us to help. Pillars. Leaners are the second group. These are the people who use church for funerals, baptisms, and marriages. <laughs> our daughter's getting married, and he's going to die soon. We'll be there. Didn't see you Sunday. No, you won't. We got to wait for somebody to die. Got a lot of people to get married. Oh, we need to get baptized. Specials. They help give occasionally for something that appeals to them. The annuals, you'll get this one, are people who dress up for Easter and come to Christmas programs. That's how come a couple of weeks ago I wished everybody Merry Christmas because I knew I wouldn't see you until then. Well, you're here, so it was the other people who aren't here today that are missing this. Are you watching online? Sponges. <laughs> now, some of you are thinking I'm calling you a sponge because that's how you feel. You feel like a sponge? Don't blame me for saying sponge. Sponges are people... Take all the blessing and benefits, but never give out anything of themselves. Don't get mad at me. You notice I'm smiling. It's like when you give your kid a spanking, you're smiling. 
and they're crying. They just don't blend. But I'm trying to blend them. I want you to understand, I don't believe we're ever at our best until we're helping other people be their best. We're never at our best until we're helping other people be their best. And if you're doing nothing, I hear people say, well, you know, I just, I just don't have time. Okay, remember these words. People always find the time to do the things they really want to do. So if somebody says, well, you know, we don't have time for church. No, you don't want to go to church. No, we don't have time. Oh, I'm sorry, you only have 18 hours in a day. The rest of us have 24. Folks, come on. Why don't we just get real? There are times in our lives, you know, we just try to gloss things over. I have issues. I have to address my own issues all the time because I have issues. I'm sorry to tell you. And every pastor in this city has issues. When I went through my situation, the, the, the question is qualifications. You know, you're disqualified. My response to people was, well, how do you disqualify someone who's never been qualified? Because I've never been qualified. If I was God, I would have never called me to preach. I don't know what he was thinking. I guess it was kind of like adding Judas to the 12. <laughs> but Jesus had a reason. And there is a reason Mark Crow is in Oklahoma City again. And I just had to go with that and stay happy and just, just move forward. The things that are happening to you that are happening to you, God's trying to get through you how to handle what's happening to you. You're going to get bigger, better, stronger, but when you learn to serve. And this is why the church is a great place, because we have opportunities all over the place. Some of y'all look and think, well, they don't need me. We need more than we have. This morning, we're in our circle out in front getting ready for church, and we pray every Sunday morning. We circle up, and I looked at our circle, and I went, wow, this circle needs to be about two to three times bigger than what it is. How do we get people to understand that all we're asking for is for you to serve an hour and a half on a Sunday. Be here 30 minutes early, uh, an hour sermon, except when I feel like I'm really doing good. And then I'm going to go over because I'm really happy with what I'm saying. Today is not one of those days. <laughs> this is not one of those days. 15 ways to have success, five ways to be rich. I could get everybody out. But if I only talk about five ways to serve you, hey, okay. Call DoorDash, Uber Eats. You drive up to Chili's, they come out, take your money there. Everything's so easy. We've lost our soul strength. Unless you're doing something for somebody who can't do something for you, you're probably not going to be as happy as you could be. Lastly, scrappers. They take offense and criticize. <laughs> every church has to have scrappers. Every pastor needs them. Because it really challenges, challenges us. Because most of the time we want to say, don't let the Lord hit you where the good Lord splits you. <laughs> I'm not sure that was appropriate. But some of you will grow because I said that because you just see that as so anti-God. 
See, all I'm trying to do is help us grow. Typically, church people come expecting you to say what they want you to say in the way that they want you to say it. When you have this many people, you can't possibly make all of you happy. But I'm asking God to do that job for me. Because the reality is, we've had church ease, church language for way too long. We've said things in ways that people don't relate to because it's not what they hear five, six days a week. We have our own Christianese. It's like Chinese, Japanese, Christianese. It's just another dialect of a foreign language. And if somebody comes off the street like I did and comes into a church, I used to listen to pastors, and I'm like, I have no idea what he's talking about. Because I was so spiritually dumb, I needed somebody to lay it out for me. It took me a long time to grow because I didn't know what they were saying. So I don't think you're going to go away from here having a problem knowing what I'm saying. Some of you will go out and use that. Don't let the door hit you. <laughs> there. I won't say it twice. That might be pushing it. I'm not sensing the Holy Spirit telling me to. I'm going to close here in a minute. Service begins with caring. I'm almost done, seriously. Service begins by simply seeing a need. If we are all consumed with our own wants and needs, we will miss wonderful opportunities to help others. If your life is so breezy and easy that you sense absolutely no resistance in your soul, any in your mind, in your thoughts, in your emotions, you're not in a good place. Resistance is awesome. That's how you build physical strength, protein and breaking your muscles down, tearing them down, drinking protein and, and building them back up. That's the way you do your soul. If you're only around people who think you're great, you will never be great. Your greatness is born out of the resistance when David went to the battle lines to take his brother's food. And David, it wasn't, you know, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine taunting the armies of God? And his brothers criticized him for asking that very question because he cared so much about God that this guy is mocking the God he loves. He said, bring it on. Well, his brothers criticized him. Oh, go back to the little herds you're taking care of, of our dad's. David, rather than taking offense, rose up and said, I don't care what y'all say. I'm going to get stronger because you're criticizing me. I'm going to even do it more. I'm going to honor God. And people who say the church hurt me, all you're doing is giving in to the devil. Matter of fact, the best thing that probably happened is somebody offends you in the house of God. I have never said that before. And you've probably never heard it. But the reality is, if you quit going to worship because someone hurts your feelings, your feelings really need to grow. Some of the best people in your life, some of the people that will help you the most are the people who will address your weakness, not applaud it. I'm going to keep growing in my soul the rest of my life. I'm in a perfect job for that to happen because I get critiqued every week. I say things I know that you haven't heard in church before, and I'm probably going to continue. It's a really great chance it's going to continue. Because I built a great church. I don't need to prove anything to anybody anymore. I only need to prove to God that I will say what he wants me to say, and I will do what he wants me to do. And I will challenge every one of us to rise up and do something.
Service can never become slavery to one who loves. The foundation for all service is I simply love people. I love people. The thought of ever retiring from having, I don't know what I would do. I've been doing this all of my adult life almost. After I got born again out of a messed up, jacked up, wrecked up life, I decided the rest of my life would be given to jacked up, wrecked up, messed up people, which is called society, which is called humanity. It's all of us. And I don't need some fluffy pink sermon. Oh, I said pink, which implies, we are so soft. Sissified faith. Grow up. Drill sergeants don't go, hey, you think you might want to form a line? It's okay if you don't. I know some of you need a nap. Yeah, those are the people we want manning our guns on ships. Yeah. Well, I wasn't there that day because I needed to get a manicure. No. Sergeant comes in and says, line up. Now, soldier, give me 50. Okay, 10. Seeing a need moves us to be involved with other people's needs. Forget yourself for others, and others will never forget you. Next weekend, we will be recruiting. We need greeters, parking lot attendants, information, desk workers, hospitality, security, children's areas. And, you know, when I talk about children, I've always felt like if you have kids... It shouldn't even be an option that you serve in children's ministry. They're your kids. You say, but I'm, I'm with them all the time. Well, be with them one more day. You're the one that procreated. You know, I don't remember one sermon that my pastor preached when I got saved. I don't remember one. But you know what I do remember? I remember the lady that showed up every Sunday morning to teach my Sunday school class. I remember her more than any pastor I had as a kid. Her name was Sister Kilgore. And she was older than dirt. But that lady cared about kids, and we knew it. I don't remember what she said. I just remember how she cared. She was there. You guys want to make a difference? Let me tell you something. Read the Bible about what Jesus says about children. They're the most valuable thing we have in this church these are kids who are impressionable and they're getting overwhelmed and overcome by social media they can pull up anything they want on the iPhones that they have and they're having them at eight years old and they're seeing everything you can make a difference in their life well I don't want to work with kids they they do things yeah they do they're human rhino hippo elephant you need to be thanking God they ain't that big But they'll never forget you as I've never forgotten that lady because she gave, sacrificed her time because the church needed somebody to teach these little hooligans of which I was one. (laughs) Folks, let me say this. And those of you watching online, some of you have excused your church attendance because of COVID. It's over. 
it's time for you to step up. I'm not saying COVID's over. It's like the flu. It's always going to be here. And I'm not discounting it. Don't get mad at me. I'm just saying we must never allow a bacteria, a virus, to be bigger in our thought life than our God. I want us to grow, and the only way we're going to grow is to be challenged. And right now, I know many of you, your soul is, is arguing, and you're arguing with me quietly, privately. But listen to me. God can't bring any more people into this church if we don't have people to serve the people who come into this church. It is absolutely imperative that we step up as Christians. And I, you know, the number of weed dispensaries is outgrowing the number of churches. Guy that plays bass is on the police force here in Warwickers. He said, Mark, in a three and a half mile radius of Warwickers, he said, we have 14 dispensaries. John Denver would be happy. Rocky Mountain High. Anyway, so. <laughs> they're presenting to our city something they want and they need. The church has to step up and present to the city something they want and something they need. And we have the most high. When you have the most high, you stay high. Okay, I think I'm done. Uh, <laughs> it's a real abrupt landing. I've had some of those. Bam! Okay, yeah, we're done. We're safe on the ground. We can go home now. <laughs> we should pray. Lord, we love you so much, and we're so grateful that you are a wonderful God. You said laughter is good medicine. We might have overdosed today. But God, we are so thankful for you, and I'm so grateful, God, that in a world that is chaotic and upside down, you're right side up, and you are the God of peace. And so, Lord, I pray for peace upon all of our people watching online here. God, may we see an influx of people willing to be inconvenienced, to sacrifice, to give, to become pillars in the church. So that not only would you be glorified, but that people would be helped. That's our prayer, God. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to pray a prayer. Lead us into a prayer of salvation. For those of you that have walked away from God, you've not been close, God loves you. He'll never stop loving you. Those of you that never made him Lord, he's going to change your life forever because he's that good. So let's pray this prayer, all of us together. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to suffer and die for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. I give you my life. I'm not just going to be a follower. I'm going to be a server. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. 
want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.